And welcome back to the show. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time for my next guest, who is a award-winning and critically acclaimed author. Her newest novel for middle-grade readers is called Drawing Dina. It is now available wherever books are sold. And we are going to visit with Hannah Khan. And good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing? How are things going where you are? Oh, I'm I'm doing well. Um, really excited about the new book, and I'm so happy to be able to talk about it with with people. Leading up to like the release of the book, like once you turn in a, a novel as an author, and of course you're going through editing, but once it's been submitted, is it? Do you feel like kind of that anticipation leading up to release? Are you are you a nervous wreck, or is it just excitement? <laughs> I am. Um, I think. You know, you've had you've had readers leading up to it, like your editor and maybe you know writing group members and things like that. But right. I'm always a nervous like while I'm waiting to see what other readers out there in the world think. So um, you know, I'm grateful for advanced copies that circulate, review copies, and and for early readers and reviewers because that makes me so happy when they come in and, and well, especially if they're good, it makes me really happy and relieved. Yeah. So, okay. So, and maybe nervous wreck is not the proper term to use anymore, but you know, I've always considered myself one, but we, we talk about that uh, a little bit in the book here. Can you briefly share with us what uh, drawing Dina is uh, all about? Sure. It's, um, it's about an artistically talented kid, Dina, who's trying to find her own style and express herself during middle school, which of course we know is a challenging time in itself. Um, while she's trying to navigate the pressures of social media and her parents' financial struggles and her own undiagnosed anxiety. So she's dealing with a lot. That That's a lot going on. And you think of all of that for any child and especially there is just something about yeah middle school and i've had two older boys that have gone through it i went through it myself i think you're just a, a mix of anxiety and hormones but uh and the anxiety part i think only now are we really recognizing it that that is such a crucial moment in, in a child's development that uh, just how much you can be held back by by anxiety yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes, we, you know, it can be really challenging, but uh, the good news is that we are starting to pay attention to it more and recognize the signs, which aren't always very clear with, you know, kids themselves being able to recognize what they're feeling as anxiety and, and caregivers and parents too, who, you know, could confuse something like stomach aches and nausea very easily with, with something else. Um, so, it, and also not necessarily think that kids have the stresses in their life that merit, you know, this big physical response. So it can be easy to, you know, brush it off or think, oh, they'll be fine. Um, but we unfortunately know that more and more kids are dealing with it. And if left untreated or, you know, unaddressed, it can, it can just get harder and harder. So I was glad to be able to explore those themes and, and sort of show a character who is, is dealing with that as it's unfolding and, and doesn't understand what's happening to her. And I really appreciate you bringing that out and writing about it because I recall, as, as you mentioned, I had stomach pain, I had nauseousness, I had anxiety, you know, very, very nervous a lot in school. And it was always just kind of dismissed as like, oh, that's just nerves. Like, but this is very mm -hmm. real to me. And this is very real to, to people that happen to, and to just dismiss what children are experiencing. I think that teaches them like, oh, I, I don't want to come forward. I don't want to talk about this. 
Right, right. And I think part of it, you know, when, when I was younger, too, was that we didn't necessarily have the tools or the vocabulary or the, the wherewithal to discuss it. Right. Um, and it very much was the, the norm. And I think it still is, unfortunately, you know, but it's slowly improving where we are starting to talk about it and destigmatize it. Because I think people, when you use the term mental health, people get, you know, nervous about it or a lot of families worry about, you know, their kids being labeled and then what that effect might have on them later in life. Whereas we know that this is something that affects so many kids and is something that, you know, is, is nothing to be ashamed of or afraid of and, and something that we should talk about and, and help make things easier for the kids who do struggle with it. And you're also talking about social media, the in particular, some of the pressures that uh, young girls are facing. I have a daughter who's about to turn nine. I'm already seeing from from her and her peers things that I don't remember happened until middle school. Do you think social media is just uh, accelerating the growth uh, of kids and putting some pressures that previously didn't exist? I think so. I mean, we're seeing it more. We're seeing people in the tech industry stand up and talk about it. Um, you know, it, it is it is alarming. And I know even as an adult, it's hard for me to navigate and I I have a very complicated relationship with social media and the way it makes me feel and I can only imagine how much harder it is for a child whose brain is still developing to process all those you know dopamine hits and like the reactions you get from from people and um, trying to figure that all out while you're trying to figure out who you are still can be a lot to process um, and and for Dina my character she's She's trying to find herself as an artist and, and figure out her creative place in the world. And even that is something I think about now myself as a creative person, you know, who's engaging with her audience in a very immediate way. You know, how does that impact what we create, what our process is, how we feel about ourselves? Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in and, and figure out. And then along with that, you're exploring the the cultural background of, of, of Dina and the environment she is in. And I'm not saying that presents necessarily challenges, although it can. But, you know, that's another thing that is going to shape her art that is going to talk about, you know, how she interacts with her friends at school. So speaking about that is, you know, is, is a crucial part of the story. Yeah. So Dina, you know, like me, is, is a Pakistani American child of immigrants. Um, she's a Muslim and that's a part of her life as well. And, you know, that's just who she is as she, as she navigates life. Um, and that's her, her lived experience. But, you know, in, I enjoy writing families that reflect families I know or I'm a part of, um, and really give people a chance to get to know them and, and hopefully see that, you know, all families have similar dynamics. Obviously, you know, the mother daughter relationship is something I really wanted to portray in this book. and. And Dina's very much a, a, a child who wants to help her family. They're dealing with financial struggles, and she wants to try to make a difference and help her mother's business grow. Um, that's why she ventures into social media. So, um, you know, lots lots of things that I hope families of all types and kids of all backgrounds will be able to relate to and hopefully, you know, see themselves in in some way. And you have your character who is actually first-generation American. How, just making that uh, adjustment, put, putting that as as part of her story, does that affect your writing? A little bit. You know, especially going back to what we were talking about earlier when it comes to the mental health issues and Dina's diagnosis of anxiety, um, you know, she does have to figure out how to help her parents help her. Um, and they aren't as familiar with 
the public school system and the services and resources that are available there. Uh, and they're a little bit wary, um, you know, just not knowing what this means and what steps they're going to have to take and what it looks like. So I think like many children of immigrants, Dina has to advocate for herself perhaps a little bit more um, mm-hmm. than than other children because, you know, just, just for the mere fact that her parents just don't know or understand the system as well as others might. So, so that, that was something I, I really wanted to touch on. So, with and and that obviously is based on your experience. So, did you find it harder to know where to to reach out for help or or to help your parents? You know, kind of understand how you're navigating school. Um, yeah, I remember. You know, I remember having to tell my parents about back to school night, for example, and saying, "Hey, guess what? Like, you have to come to school yeah. at night and meet teachers." And you know, that was something that they were happy to do it, but they just didn't know. Um, or, you know, things like the way field trip forms worked. And, you know, this is back in the olden days when everything was on paper. But, um, you know, I, I felt like it was a lot of times me directing them versus, you know, the way I am with my kids, where I feel like I'm much more on top of things and sort of ushering them through school. It, it did kind of feel like the other way around um, when I was growing up. And, you know, they didn't take the SATs, so they didn't know right. that was. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it is different. And I think a lot of kids, um, you know, have to have to deal with that when they're growing up. And the new book is called Drawing Dina. It is now available wherever books are sold. We have been visiting with the author, Hannah Khan, and thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a pleasure.